special episode of Geek Nerdery. We're going to learn about a lot about ourselves. Somebody might get caught smoking and then learn a lesson by the end of this episode. <laughs> so this is an 80s cartoon. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so this is Brian. We're on the road. I'm with Scott from the Graveyard Duck podcast. How's it going? Late of the last horrorcast. So we just got out of seeing It. And this is actually my second time seeing it. It's Scott's first time seeing it. And we got an invitation to go see it in 4DX. And what that means, I'll explain a little bit later. Um, so it seems like everybody and their mother has gone to see this movie because it's made Boku Bucks over the weekend. So, Scott, what did you think of it this weekend? Uh, honestly, I was very apprehensive going in. I'm not a big remake person, uh, and I don't know, it just seems like one of those things that would probably be hard to top the first one. Uh, I mean, it's obviously a flawed film, but it's still pretty highly regarded for what it is. And, um, so yeah, I was very apprehensive, a little gun-shy, but it seemed like a fun opportunity, and quick answer is I came away really enjoying it. I thought it was really, really good. Nice. I was the same way. Wasn't a big fan when it was announced. Uh, I pleaded over and over that nothing's ever going to top Tim Curry's Pennywise. So why even try? And I would say the good news is they didn't, they didn't try to like... I'm just glad they didn't do an impression of Tim Curry doing Pennywise. They kind of just did their own thing, which... It's perfectly fine. Yeah, and the same argument was made, you know, or is made every time that one of these iconic characters is recast in a remake. Like, how are you ever going to do it? You know, how are you going to replace Robert England? How are you going to replace Kane Hodder? Like, this stuff always comes up, and sometimes it's successful, sometimes it's not. But, yeah, I think that's the key, is don't try to replicate a performance. Just take the source material and make it your own, because... I think if you've read the book, like, Tim Curry's performance was not, you know, spot on to what was in the text. He took it, interpreted it his own way, and made it his own. And I think that the same is said now for this new case, and they're just different takes on the same source. Uh, what do you think of the casting? What do you think of the kids? I think that was one of, I would say, you know, my two or three highlights was, I thought... The, the casting was all spectacular. I, think yes, that, I agree. That who they cast for Pennywise, he, he did a great job, like we just said. And, you know, having read some of the book, like, those those kids that they got, I think not only were they all great actors, but they nailed the personalities of each of those characters that, you know, I knew. So it was... It was perfect. Again, they weren't trying to mirror what was in the first movie. It was just they pulled off the little nuances of each one of those. Yeah, I think Finn Wolfhard, who played Richie Tozer in this one, from Kid from Stranger Things, probably my favorite one out of the entire movie. Yeah, he was phenomenal. And 
it was weird to see that much humor thrown in the movie because it wasn't just lightheartedness because you know characters always doing voices. It like added a lot of laugh out loud moments. <laughs> yeah, lots of jokes, which was awesome. He's, he pulled it off really well. Which, for being the lead kid in Stranger Things, I would not have guessed his comedic timing would have been as good as it was in the no, movie. No, he was very kind of dry in that, which is what that character needed to be. But yeah, yeah he, he nailed it. Yeah, I was very happy. I felt like it was believable. Like, all the kids, I felt like we were believable kids. Um, somebody pointed out to me, like, oh, the kids cuss in this movie. But they cuss, like, realistically if you were... 13 year old and your parents weren't around well yeah and they sound like you know I sounded when I was that age because you're making you know you're, you're cussing as soon as your parents aren't around like that's what you would say or making jokes about you know how big your dick is or your mom yeah. jokes like that's every third line out of one of them was something to that effect and it, it was very you know organic yeah it worked really well I believed them as friends like I could see them all hanging out was not wasn't like a unbelievable like well these people wouldn't be friends in real life but they all seem to work really well uh Henry Bowers has a mullet in this one yeah they definitely 80s up everybody and I think that was my other thing that I would say was a real uh highlight for this uh, was you know transforming it to you know a movie set in 1989 I was apprehensive about that at first I didn't, didn't know if I would, that would work for me um, as it turns out I really like that they did that because yeah. it, it might be seen as like blasphemy or changing the source material but I think it modernized it in a way that it made it more relatable because these kids basically were me at that age like in 1989, I would have been about the same age these kids are, and so it it was easy to put yourself in that role and think, you know, that you, you could see where they were coming from. So yeah, it, yeah. it just, I don't know, that that really worked. I thought that was a really good decision. Yeah, but then like the 80s part of it wasn't like you weren't like in your face about it. I mean, there was. Some obvious stuff, like uh, one of the kids listens to New Kids on the Block, and they kind of make a big joke that they listen to that. He's got a Gremlins poster in his room. Yeah. The theater's playing Lethal Weapon 3. I mean, little things like that here and there, but no, it's not a, yeah. let's be all 80s all over the place. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. Besides some of the references, you easily could have just said it today. It's added cell phones and the, the, the same. Right. Performance is what it works. So, um, let's see. Um, oh, so yeah, we got invited to go check this out by by uh, I don't know some PR company to go check it out. 4DX, which I had never gone to see a 4DX movie before. Some people are like, "What does 4DX mean?" Essentially, it is a uh, you sit in seats that vibrate when they need to. Uh, there's sort of air compressors on the seat in front of you. Sometimes it shoots out some air to give you a little shock. Um, there's supposed to be some smells piped in, but me and you talk, neither one of us really caught any sort of smell or anything associated with it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get any odors. Uh, there's some big wind fans along the walls that'll, you know, create 
like kind of wind effects when they're outside or what was the other? Oh, strobe lights. Strobe lights. You know, for lightning and stuff like that. But, um, so, so being my first 40X movie, I would say overall it was a little distracting. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it was worth it. I think that for the right movie it would work. And if you had a movie that's, you know, very tongue-in-cheek or set up to be a gimmick, because that's what this is. It's the William Castle gimmick film. Oh. Um, and to have the little blast of air, you know, or mist shot in your face, or, you know, the rumble now and then to get you to jump, like, it's fun. And we've all said, like, the William Castle experience would be a, you know, neat thing to still experience today. But... I didn't think it was appropriate for an atmospheric horror movie that's trying to be terrifying. Because for me, every time the seat would start shifting or tilting, all it did was remind me that I'm sitting in a movie theater. Which, to me, as a horror fan, like I think that's the biggest mistake a horror movie can make, is reminding you that you're watching a movie. And so for, yeah, certain films, I think that could be hilarious and a, and a ton of fun. For this, it just was the, the wrong movie for me. Yeah. Maybe more like an action-oriented movie. Sure. Is he enjoying? Or Mel Brooks, you know. <laughs> oh, Mel Brooks. Yeah, this just did not work. The, especially the seat motion stuff was just horribly distracting. Yeah. There were scenes where, I don't even remember what was going on, but, like, me and you were sitting on two different sections, because there was a very obvious split down, sort of, sort of down the middle. And then uh, me and you were sitting sort of on two different plates, if you will. And there were times me and you were like, almost like a roller coaster, like on opposite heights and stuff. And I'd look over and you were like super <laughs> way down on the floor. And then I'd look over again and you're like above me. And like, yeah, it was, it was almost like a roller coaster, which I don't think you need. And well, and sometimes it tried to add some effect, like if they were about to look down the well or look over a... Uh, the cliff, yeah. you know, they'd like zoom it, you know, or lean you forward so you were like literally looking down, and it's like, okay, I see what they're getting at there. I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, like, you know, no spoilers, but like toward the end when they're you know in a fight with Pennywise, like those seats were just going everywhere, and yeah. you felt like you were on a tilt a whirl, and you couldn't even like focus on what was happening on the screen. I just thought that was completely distracting and unnecessary. Totally agree. Uh, and and all of those like 4DX effects that they were doing, I think the other reason that they were distracting is it almost encouraged the audience to break a little bit because yeah. every time we all got misted in the face, like the whole audience erupts in laughter and, you know, makes fun of their friends for jumping and like, oh, that was so funny, and everything. So it was just constantly breaking the film and the, yeah. the atmosphere and the tension. And it so just, you got to wait like five minutes for everybody to calm down. Right. And, and just some people feel encouraged to make jokes to their friends. Uh, which I had another guy sitting in front of me and just kept saying stuff. I was like, just, and I would have told him, like, because you at the beginning of the movie hutched somebody. Yeah. Very politely, just, hey, can you guys just kind of keep it down? They seemed to listen. Yeah, they told me, sorry, sir. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 you're old. Uh, well, hey, if it gets him to shut up, that's <laughs> fine. 
Uh, but then by the middle of the movie, like, the entire theater was just sort of right. talking and whatever, so it's like, what are you going to do? And it's one of those where, you know, it's... This is not the first horror movie that you and I have seen together that's kind of an atmospheric one that yeah. the environment kind of ruined the experience. And I don't remember what the other one we saw together was, but it was one where we were at the drive-in and you were like, yeah, maybe this wasn't the best way for you oh, to see yeah. this for the first time. Contrary too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm eager to watch this again because I do think that it's one that I would really like, you know, to yeah. get the full experience and it's just... It kind of took that away. Um, yeah. So, like, like I said at the beginning, like I actually ended up seeing it last night because uh, I already uh, we already set up a meeting with some friends to go see it before this opportunity came up. And so I'm kind of glad that I had the chance to sort of see it. And we had a really good theater crowd where everybody was quiet and polite um, and everything. So I was able to, to really just focus on the movie and enjoy it. And then, you know, this didn't bother me as much, probably, as it, w- as it probably did for, like, your first viewing, where I just kind of went along for the ride, but in my head, I'm just like, yeah, but this is really annoying. Like, if I was trying to really trying to watch this movie, so... Well, and luckily, it's a movie that I know the story, I know what's going to happen, I don't but, know exactly what twists and turns this director is going to take with it, Yeah, but... If this was a brand new story to me, then yeah, I'd be incredibly irritated. But as it stands, it's like, I know where this is going, so you can't really ruin it for me. Sure. So it, it was fine. Um, something else, yeah, would have been a bigger deal in this case. Whatever. Um, so I guess the positives I'll say, uh, uh, we get to see the house on the Ebold Street, which I was excited about. Um, yeah, played a big role. Played a big role. They kind of reworked the story so the house on Evil Street is actually very important to the plot, which I thought was really cool. And uh, we can see the leper, yeah, which everybody was kind of uh, excited about that we might get to see the leper in this. For those that have read the book, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about. For those that haven't, well, this will mean nothing to you until you see the movie. But, uh, yeah, so I was excited. I think they pulled out all that stuff off really well. He could have used a bigger tongue, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like, like from Resident Evil, like one of the, the like, liquors or whatever, yeah, the giant long time. Yeah. So, so yeah, overall, uh, I'm actually landing pretty positively on this movie for a movie that initially I was not excited about, but eventually kind of, I had to, I had to push the, the Tim Curry thing aside. Just in my mind, I'm like, okay, it's not going to be as good as Tim Curry's Pennywise. Like, I just know that. So don't base it on that. Just kind of put that to the side, let it do its own thing, and not worry about it. And I think, uh, I, was, I don't even want to say pleasantly surprised. I kind of, the past couple of weeks have been kind of uh, exciting to see it. And I'm very happy that I was not disappointed. Well, and I think that, you know, they're just different versions of Pennywise, like I said. Sure. The Tim Curry one, that's a personality. Like, that Pennywise had a lot of character. Um, he had, you know, mannerisms, body language that really kind of said who he was. This one was far less animated uh, and also had much less dialogue. Uh, maybe in yeah. Chapter 2 we'll see more of that kind of side of him, but yeah. it was very kind of low tone, but he, uh, 
he sold it with just his facial expressions, like yeah. the looks that he would give. Like, I think he's a much more creepy version of the clown, but he was selling it just with like his appearance rather than you know the actual acting. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so I'd say high recommend from you. Yeah, I had a couple little things that I thought were kind of, I guess, nitpicky criticisms, but not anything terribly major. Um, yeah. The one thing that really sold me, or turned me off from the trailers, and I wasn't sure if I'd get over it or not, and I did not get over it, was there's that weird, like, very modern horror movie kinetic movement that, like, oh, yeah. the clown would have, and it's it's one of those that's very CG, and, like, I don't know, it just seems... I don't know why they put that in there. It's just to give that kind of unhinged, like, J-horror-type look sure. to things, and... Yeah. I thought that was un- it was unnecessary. It, it didn't fit with that character. It just seemed kind of dumb. Um, the only other two things that I thought were yeah, not my favorite. I won't spoil them because they are toward the end of the movie. But uh, I'll just say, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. The kiss and the floating just didn't work. <laughs> it did bother me then. I did have a problem with uh, think towards the ending, but it is spoilery, so yeah. I'll, I'll tell you off mic, but no everybody sense else... No spoiling a movie that just came out this weekend. Yeah, everybody else will have to go and see it for yourself and ask me in person. Um, yeah, I definitely recommend it. This is my second time seeing it. Still enjoyed it. Uh, probably will definitely be picking it up on Blu-ray. Can't wait to dive into sort of the extras. Hopefully there's tons of uh, extras on the Blu-ray or something. Just to kind of see everybody's perspective of how they got to the point they did. Yeah, all in all, I'll definitely come out very positive on it. Pleasantly surprised, given my kind of pessimistic attitude going in. Uh, I'll probably see it again in the theaters just to get, you know, a, a true theatrical experience without the distractions of the 4D. Uh, and, uh, yeah, looking forward to part two. I'm curious to see how they'll take it and whether... Whether that will live up or maybe be better, who knows? Yeah, part two. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any casting choices? Uh, is it too late to get Harry Anderson? Probably. But funnily enough, Seth Green's about the right age for the adult Richard Tozer. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> um, I've heard uh, Jessica Chastain is pretty much the lead choice for the adult Bev. Okay, which I can see. Then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. No one's really standing out. Who, who's a really famous fat guy right now that can play Ben? Like, we'll see. Ben loses all of his weight, so yeah, he's a skinny true. guy. So we need to find someone like super skinny, like Joel David Moore or something. The the nerdy kid, the the nerdy kid from Dodgeball and uh, Peter Wiz from uh, Grandma's Boy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any speculations on who it could be. I think that this, that, that's the weird thing about the original, too, is that that adult cast was so iconic that yeah. I'm having a really hard time picturing anybody other than Annette O'Toole and John Ritter and you know, crew. So. Uh, I believe someone threw out maybe uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as Eddie. All right. Maybe. If he's in one of his good acting moods and was really able to, like, 
give it to a character. But, yeah, but otherwise I got like nothing. Yeah. So it'd be nice to see at least a couple like cameos or something in there just to, because you had such an iconic cast. Like, yeah. Have something in there for the for the old movie. And I don't think that would be disrespectful to the old one or the new one either one. All right, well, I guess that's it. Uh, super recommend for both of us. Definitely go check it out in the theater. Hopefully you have a good theater to go see it in. Yes. Uh, I forgot to mention our theater was in a mall, so you kind of get that mall crowd wandering in. Although I don't know why you would want to pay the money for 40 x to sit and just be obnoxious the whole time. But whatever, we're old. You got called sir tonight. So it shows where we're at. That's all right. I got my money's worth because I got, you know, my free refill, which was supposed to be on larges only, but oh, show them. Show your stupid theater. All right, well, everybody should uh, stop by geekherry.com and check out Scott on the Graveyard Duck podcast. What's the next uh, the next podcast you got coming up? Oh, I can't tell you. Can't announce oh. it yet. Check in on uh, Fridays. We announce it every uh, every other Friday. Try to get exclusives here on the show. Shot down. <laughs> We always do a special on Thursdays where we we take a real tiny zoomed-in picture of the box art and let people try to guess. We've stumped them the last two weeks, so if you think you know your games, this is... I'll, t- I'll say this much. It's a common game, so you got a good chance of winning it. Okay. Alright, so yeah, stop by the website. Check out all the podcasts we got up there. we got tons of them. Uh, check them all out. Good stuff. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, and remember, stop by drunk or stop by drunken zombie. Still in that mode. That's two podcasts ago. Stop by geeknerdery.com and find out what your nerdery is.